0: Hi friends, my name's Caitlin, my name's Kara, and this is our podcast, Shout Out to the Old Me.
1: Let's go! Alright, hello everyone, welcome back to Shout Out to the Old Me, episode 10! We made it to double digits, how exciting! Oh my gosh,
0: so exciting! Caitlin, how are you? I'm going really good. Yeah. Really good. I can't believe
1: we're at episode 10. I know. Thank you to everyone that's listened so far that shared the podcast. We appreciate every single one yeah, that listens do. to the podcasts and gets in touch. It's just, we have a lot of fun doing it. So it's really awesome to know that you guys have fun listening to it as well. Today, for episode 10, we're going to talk about live shows. Obviously, live shows this year, live shows in 2020, pretty limited almost non-existent. Definitely something that we are nostalgic for and yearning for, I would say. And I know, like, I don't really like big crowds. I'm not a massive fan of mosh pits. I hate being sweaty, but I do love a live (laughs) show. And I know for you, Caitlin, live shows are kind of like... Your flesh and blood. Like you get around the live show like no one else that I know. (laughs) I do. And it's been
0: such a massive part of my life. I mean, it's coming up, I think, 11 years. Oh, well, we'll talk about our first shows in a minute. But I think, you know, that actual conscious, you know, activity of going to see a band, it's definitely, it's been, it's been a long time, but this year has been a challenge. Yeah. Because I don't think we've been to anything this year my last show was the end of last year but you I think maybe went to Lewis which you're going to talk about yeah
1: I got one show in before I moved away from Melbourne so it was right at the start of the year which we'll talk about but beyond that it's definitely been a lot of a lot of like virtual live stream live shows which don't really count but um no what was the first ever live show that you went to
0: I've been trying to think I mean as a little kid we had some fun little like child like kids shows coming through our hometown and I think I had to consult my mum but the first sort of show would have been uh, Johnson and Friends, which was like an ABC <laughs> like, yes. touring thing. And it was like these really creepy puppets. Like looking back on yes, like, surprised terrifying. I'm not scarred. But then very soon after, I went to the Wiggles, which I think you were there yes, too. Yes,
1: I have a feeling that we were probably at the same Wiggles show. <laughs> I think we like, were. Like, you know, f- 15 years or 10 years before we'd even met or whatever. And it was yeah. so, so good. Like I remember my mum, my grandparents took me. And my yep. mum made me a new dress for the occasion, so it was mm. very exciting. It was like a red and green like tartan dress, and I wore a matching Cute. ribbon in my hair. And my granddad <laughs> used to fall asleep in concerts when the lights would go down, <laughs> so he waited yeah. out in the car. But he did buy me a VHS of the tour, oh, so I got cool. to watch it over and over and over again. So that was a, yeah. a real treat, you know. Oh yeah, the Wiggles, what a iconic band. Yeah, really. but beyond the Wiggles, I'd say my first kind of like proper gig, which I've talked about before, but it it was either Ben Lee at the Perry Sand Hills, which was when yep. we were still in high school, but then. My first gig that I went to down in Melbourne was probably Ed Sheeran at Festival Hall.
0: Oh, yeah. Which was a
1: crazy show. That
0: is, It was a crazy show. I think, yeah, sort of casting my mind back, which my memory has not served me well in this episode. (laughs) I've struggled. I think when you've gone to hundreds of shows over the time, you start to sort of lose. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to differentiate between the shows. But my earliest memory was sort of going to a show. I think it was like 07. Yeah. And we had like this band come to our school and perform. And then they, and then they decided to do like a show at like a park and they were called Iron and Clay. And so
1: here's the, here's the thing. So we both went to different year seven to 10 high schools and they were both government, schools so they weren't religious yeah. schools but somehow iron and clay who were a pop christian group yeah managed to weasel their way in i mean our schools did have chaplains so i don't know if it was via that but they'd come to town for the local gospel like music yeah. festival um so they performed at lunchtime i remember i remember watching them and like getting autographs and stuff i think there was a <laughs> yes, sausage sizzle on as well maybe like it yeah. was kind of a bit of a day um but then yeah they were handing out flyers to say like come see us at the festival yeah. afterwards. I didn't go but obviously you did which is... I did.
0: I took um I took my one of my childhood friends and a, a really dear friend to me still now. Um, yeah. Drew and it was kind of weird because I don't think that we really had processed that it was a gospel thing <laughs> until they sort of were preaching but you know what it was a really good show and I think the year later they they came back every year and they sort of remarketed it as Riverfest I
1: think. Yes. So it was a
0: little bit more edgy after that but that is my first real memory of going to a show at home that wasn't with my parents. Yeah. We were sort of left to our own devices.
1: I also don't want us to um to tell that story with neglecting to mention that Matt Corby was in Iron and Clay, right? Well, he was, yeah, and it was funny because halfway
0: through their set, they called him, and I think he was on Idol at the oh,
1: time. Oh, so this was the year after. This is pre- I, re- I remember. So Matt Corby in Iron and Clay came to my school as well. Well,
0: yeah, he, they came the year, yeah, yeah, but this was the year after.
1: Oh, All right, so he was no longer yeah. in the band. He was off. No, he Idol. was off. Okay, doing
0: Idol. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came back the year after Idol and performed at our local basketball court with Fetus Valor, who are incredible. Such a good band. So that was the start of our live music journeys, which is crazy. And I suppose that kind of leads me into my first one, if we want to kick it off. Yeah.
1: So what we've done for the format today, very similar to what we've done in previous episodes, is that we have chosen a top 5 and two honorable mentions. What is the first one on your list?
0: Well, the first one on my list is my first ever show which was in or well, my first ever show away from my hometown, which was yep. all time low. Um I sort of touched on it a little bit in our teen soundtracks episode, but the tour was the Take Action tour, which I think was to do with it was an American sort of thing where they got bands together to sort of raise money, I think for suicide prevention, possibly. But it was a really great tour. I mean, they had, like, the whole charity thing set up and all the ticket sales went towards that. So it was a really great way of sort of convincing my parents (laughs) to drive my friend sarah my high school friend sarah to adelaide to go to it at the Gov. it was such a great experience like traveling for a show you kind of felt like i was 15 and it was an all-ages show ages show and i sort of felt like a grown-up as much as you could feel like a grown-up at 15 (laughs) but this was pre nothing personal so they'd released so wrong it's right which was their debut album and they basically played every single song off that album and i think about halfway through the set it was the whole like this is our new song that we're bringing out called Weightless. And, you know, Weightless is arguably their biggest song. So it was yeah. sort of before all that. And it was just a really great, great experience. I mean, it was a tiny bar. There wasn't really many people that could fit in there. You were right up against them, basically. So yeah. that's the first experience of gigs. It was, it, was, it was quite interesting. And I think Alex talks about it, Alex Gaskarth, the lead singer, talks about it in an interview as like one of the craziest moments on stage which was yeah. stealing O'Neill who were the support band. They were a band I think from Melbourne and got a little bit intoxicated let's just say <laughs> and decided that it would be funny to come out in the middle of the all-time low set with beers to hand out to the band uh, fully naked.
1: Great. Um, yeah, that's not really. It's not really appropriate for an all ages of, gig.
0: <laughs> no, kind of confronting, and I, 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 re- I genuinely think that in terms of like shows that I've been to, that's probably the wildest sort of yeah. thing that I've seen. Started uh, but you with know, a all in good fun. Yeah, all in good fun. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not too dramatic. Following years, they really only came back for Soundwave, which mm-hmm. was a festival here in Oz. So it took a while for them to actually come back and do a headlining show. But they eventually came back in 2013 and I sort of wanted to talk about that one as well because it's such an important sort of thing for our friendship as well because I think it was our first show together all-time low show together it was our first all-time
1: low show together yeah Yeah. i think we'd been we'd been to ed together earlier that year yeah um which was crazy um but billboards yeah that show at billboards was the first time that we saw that i ever saw all-time low so it would have been the first time that we saw them together
0: yeah and it was the don't panic it was sort of the don't panic era i think it got a bit murky with the the album cycles at that point because it was the the first show in four years that they'd come back and headline so that was a really great show as well um, I've seen All Time Low I think nine times Oof. now and so it's hard to pick one Yeah. so I've picked two
1: <laughs> Good job, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: good narrowing down <laughs> Yeah, that's my number
1: one <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome Well, number one on my list as well not in in any particular order but I have All Time Low on my list as well I've actually gone for the second time we saw them together which was in 2015 at the Hi-Fi which I'm pretty sure must have been a Soundwave sideshow
0: it was, Um yeah.
1: And that was the night before, yeah, it must have been the night before, I had been to see McBusted, which I've talked about on a previous episode, and Alex actually came out on stage with McBusted because yeah. he'd co-written a song with them. But the show at the hi was really, really fun. We, as a crowd, uh, collectively bullied them into playing J.C. Ray. Um, well, I mean, it if they're not- going to
0: do a medley <laughs> of other songs, because <laughs> it wasn't that the same night that they did, it was like a great, they did a bit of a medley of like a Green Day song song. and it's like, you got
1: to play J C. So we just like peer pressured them into playing J C. Ray and they played like half of it. And then also at the end, after they'd finished, I think Uptown Funk was playing over the speakers and Alex was dancing to it. So (laughs) I sent him a tweet about it and he retweeted me, which was pretty exciting because before, after the show in 2013, I got a response on Twitter from Jack. So not that, you know, I'm dying for Twitter interactions, but at the time (laughs) it was pretty exciting. So that was was kind of it was a great a great memory for me for that one it was good yeah fun. that
0: was a really good show yeah yeah because they played Soundwave, and so it was nice to sort of see them do to sort of explain what a side wave is it's like the festival Soundwave would come to town and to sort of make the most of having these bands in the capital cities they sort of grouped them together in genre and would either play like in Melbourne and Sydney or Sydney and Brisbane And so it was just a really great way of seeing these bands as in full sets rather than like a 40-minute set at a festival. So it sort of made the most of them actually coming to Australia, really.
1: It's a long way um, and it's expensive it's a long way to, to come, come. So,
0: All right. So my second pick on my live show's list is Coldplay. They came to Australia on their Milo Zolotto. I never know how to say that album Ex-Zalotto?
1: name. zolotto I don't know. <laughs> but that was in
0: 2012. And it's such a memorable show for me because my brother flew... I was living in Melbourne at the time and my brother, Sean, flew down. Like He, he got on a plane and flew to Melbourne by himself, which was quite a big deal. Yeah. Um, to come here for it and stay with me and we um, we'd sort of made the decision that we were going to line up because we had tickets in the in the mosh uh, for Coldplay. (laughs) Mosh.
1: GA (laughs) standing. GA yeah
0: yeah we decided to line up we got there at eight it was awesome we got barrier for it yeah and you know the 12 hours waiting to go in was definitely definitely worth it and you know, it was just a really great experience to spend with him because, you know, I'd lived away from home for a year. Yeah. Um, and it was just a nice, a nice opportunity for us to, to hang out. But what was really cool about it is that they had these wristbands. And if you've ever seen that Milo tour, they they had these interactive like Bluetooth glow up wristbands that went along with the music and stuff. Yeah. And it was just so magical. It was my first ever time Actually it was at Eddie Had. Yeah. It was at Eddie Had. Right. Which so was, was a stadium. stadium. Yeah. Yeah, which was a stadium show. And it was my first ever experience going to a stadium for a concert and the, the amount of people that were there was just incredible and it was so cool to watch back videos from people that were up in the stands, you know, because when you're barrier for something like that, you don't even realise what's yeah. going on sort of behind you and you know Coldplay have such great songs and whether you're a fan of them or not you know you can sort of appreciate how incredible those songs would sound in a stadium like Yellow and Fix You and I was really emotional like it was it's probably one of the shows that I think of where I was kind of a mess. I was, like, crying. Yeah. It was just so, such a powerful moment of, like, seeing this band that's so big and it was, like, I suppose it's the 12-hour build-up too. Yeah. <laughs> so it sort of was, yeah, like, definitely. the clincher of emotions. When you, yeah. when you line up
1: for a show, it really, yeah. like, it really builds the, uh, the anticipation, especially because for a lot of these concerts, like, some of the bigger ones as well, we're buying tickets, like... Something like a year or yeah. more in advance, like when we saw Sean Mendes last October, I'm pretty sure we'd bought those tickets like 18 months before oh, yeah. or something. It was it crazy, was so long
0: the anticipation of going and yeah, you know, just sort of got me. And every time I hear Paradise Now, it's like I just remember that moment of seeing that live and the big fireworks going off. Yeah. So, yeah, an incredible experience, and it had to make my list. Yes.
1: Definitely. Right. Number two on my list. So in 2017, uh, One Direction were on hiatus. There were various solo members releasing albums and announcing tours and Harry Styles did a sort of a run of shows where he was playing really small venues like sort of you mm. know a couple, couple thousand people and he only announced one date in every Australian capital it wasn't even every Australian capital city I think it was no, probably it was only just... the eastern seaboard Yeah. and getting a ticket to his Melbourne or Sydney shows was like near on impossible like they just sold I don't think we even tried because they just sold out no. so quickly my friend Georgie who is a fantastic person and one of my favourite <laughs> chaotic influences in my life Happened to uh, secure a couple of tickets to see Harry Styles play a hometown show in Manchester in the UK. And as luck would have it, my sister happened to be living in the UK at the time and I'd vaguely been planning to visit her. So <laughs> Georgie and I, after a few months of planning, jumped on a plane and headed over uh, to the UK for a two week holiday, for which our hashtag was definitely not going to see Harry Styles, even though we Had the concert tickets before we'd booked the flights.
0: (laughs) I didn't even realize that actually. I thought that it all happened while you were over there.
1: Yeah. So, the first show in Manchester, we had tickets to before we went, and we met up with a couple of uh, Georgie's friends that she um, has met through One Direction fandom kind of stuff, which was really cool. And seeing him play a small, intimate venue, his first solo album as well, was really Mm. cool. And then it was his hometown show. So, like, his mum was side stage. It was, you know, it was really, really cool. And as well, kind of the brevity of being at a live show in Manchester. Um, it wasn't that long after the uh, Ariana Grande arena bombing, I guess we would call it. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah. So he took a moment, kind of during the show, to say thank you for coming to a gig, especially you know in Manchester. It was a really really fun show. Like Kiwi was just oh, oh so we ascended. Yeah. It was so much fun. And then we were going to Glasgow the next night because these friends of Georgie's were going to the show there and we wanted to go yeah. up to Glasgow and Edinburgh and then work our way back down to Cambridge and London. So we are kind of traipsing all over the countryside. And we got up to Glasgow and we were just kind of going to hang out while um, the girls went to the concert. But Georgie just like checked, you know, had a look at the at the, <laughs> the website and there were still tickets available for Glasgow. So we went two nights in a row. Yeah,
0: that's wild that there were tickets. <laughs> We just basically
1: like walked, pretty much bought them at the door. Like we bought them oh online beforehand, but it was so, it was, yeah. And this one was like, we were seated as well. Like you, we, oh. everyone was standing up, but it was in like a seated thing. We were like in the front section. Like we were like oh, 10 yeah. rows from the front. It was a whole thing, but it was really funny. Someone up on oh. the balcony had an Australian flag <laughs> that they oh, were really? dangling over the side. And he was like, you've come all the way from Australia. Like you do know I'm playing shows there. And Georgie and I were like, <laughs> Well, maybe if you made it a bit easier to get tickets, like yeah. we just rocked oh. up and we got them in Glasgow, so that's why I had to put it had to put it on the list because it's one of my all-time favorite gig stories of all time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um well, my third one, it's hard to talk about this week in indiv- like with individual shows because yep. my friend Steph who I met at uni such a great friend that I made during this time, we had decided in our second year of uni, this was 2013, yeah. um, that we were going to just make a week of it <laughs> because Soundwave was in town. Yeah. They always do a Soundwave festival on a f- Friday. And at the time, I lived in the city, so she packed a bag and came and stayed with me for the week. Yeah. Um, and we went to three shows in... Four days and mm-hmm. then did a festival at the on the last day of the week. Yeah. Also, I should mention too, I when I first moved to Melbourne, I sort of took it upon myself to become like a gig, like a concert photographer. Yeah, <laughs> because um, I was doing like a photography course at uni and thought it would be a really fun way of going to shows. Yep. and maybe not paying for it. <laughs> um, and getting on the sort of like the door list or the 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 media lists. Yeah. Um, for these shows and so. I had managed to get a, a media pass for two of these shows and the first one that we went to, which was on the Monday, was Motion City Soundtrack and Deaf Havana mm-hmm. and now Deaf Havana is like one of my favourite bands of all time so to be able to photograph them in that week was crazy. It was the first time I'd seen them as well so it was it was so great and, you know, Steph was such a good sport because she bought tickets to all these shows Yeah, and, but she was always up for such a great time and I think... You know that's why our friendship flourished and and we had some really great memories. But so that was a really great show on the Monday, and then on Tuesday we went to see um, of Mice and Men, I believe. Yeah. And there was a couple of other like metal bands that were supporting them as well. Um, and that mosh was crazy. Yeah. Like I've never been <laughs> to because we decided we would line up and be barrier and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And the and the mosh was kind of intense to the point where the wiring in my bra broke, and so I. That's
1: right, you thinking... like basically almost like had your collarbone broken. It was a whole yeah. Well, weird that's what I thought. Thing. Yeah. But
0: when the wire in the bra broke, it was digging into
1: me so yeah. hard
0: that I thought I'd broken something. And I'm thinking we've got sound waves at the end of the week. Like I <laughs> how am I going to do the rest of
1: these things with a broken <laughs> exactly. collarbone?
0: that's it so we were like oh my god it was yeah it was crazy I had a lot of mysterious bruises from that show but we soldiered through and it was so fun there's also video footage of this (laughs) week and we were by Wednesday, we were yeah. like absolute wrecks. Yeah. Um and we were gonna go see Sleeping with Sirens on the Wednesday, but we were like, I don't know if we
1: you need a have rest the stamina day. stamina for this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We had to pace ourselves. So we took a day off on the Wednesday and then on Thursday, which was Bring with the Horizon, Pierce the Veil, I think, oh my as God. well. Yeah. And that was at the Hi Fi, and that is probably one of my favourite ever shows because yeah. I was sort of in the photo pit with like one of my idols, Adam L. Mackayus. Oh my god, that's so cool. It was so fun. And I think it was it was halfway during the Pierce of Ale the set, they were doing King for a Day, and Kellen Quinn from Sleeping with Sirens came out because he's on that song as well. Yes. So it was like a, oh an emo god. dream. <laughs> that would have been so sick
1: to see live. It was so and unexpected good. as well. Like, I love when there's unexpected like appearances on stage. Yeah. It's so fun.
0: Because for this Soundwave, I couldn't really find any information about it, but I always thought it was like an anniversary festival, like to celebrate, I don't know, 20 years or something. Yeah, but it really, maybe. it wasn't. Like it didn't align with the dates or anything. But right. I think they literally were like, this is our funding. This is how much money we've got. Let's just get everyone here. Um, and so Thursday night ended, it was a wonderful week, and Soundwave was upon us. Yeah. And some of the bands that they had for Soundwave that year, well, the bands that I saw anyway, were Blink... 182, um, Bring Me, The Amity Affliction, Paramore, Some 41, All Time Low, Billy Talent, um, Death Avanus, Sloping With Sirens, but also Metallica was on it,
1: Lincoln right. Park was yeah. on it,
0: <laughs> you know, so they really went all out for this festival, and it was just such a wonderful day, and Sarah joined us for that day, and I don't know, I just look back on that week and think yeah. to be living in Melbourne, I was well, 19, I guess. And, you know, sort of just living the city life. And yeah. it was sort of a dream come true. And I remember, you know, at the end of the night, there was a decision to be made. Do I go to Lincoln Park? <laughs> do I go to Metallica? Or do I go to my tried and true, The Amity Affliction? Yeah. I just stood there and they sang, they did the song Open Letter. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, this was like the best week of my life. Yeah. I still really do think of it as a highlight of my life so far and... You know that's the power of live music and and sharing it with your friends. So yeah. I had to put Soundwave 2013 the week that was on my list because it was just so massive and such a memorable time. Yeah,
1: I mean, I remember I remember that happening and kind of being like, I'm on speed dial. If you guys <laughs> yeah. get stuck anywhere, if you so, need anything, yeah, so are my parents, I'm responsible sure. mum, friends came out. But yeah. I remember like and as well for you to be shooting those shows and alongside, like, I don't know, Macias is like, I knew at the time, and even now it was like a dream come true for you. So it was really cool to sort of see the fusion of, like, you know, what you were studying and your creativity through your photography coming together with the music that you loved. It was really fun for me to observe. All right. Well, next on my list is actually, uh, I think I've briefly talked about him before, but Seth Century, who is an Australian rapper, I guess, is probably the best way to describe him. a show uh in 2016 at billboards which is a venue i'd been to before uh for the 1969 campaign trail tour was the name of the tour and this is actually the first i think only gig that i've actually been to by myself like i said before i don't love crowds i don't love being sweaty i don't love mosh pits um i'm very much a homebody and i do get really anxious sometimes but I decided to go to Seth's show uh in 2016 and it was actually so much fun I became obsessed with his album I had bought it on cd but someone broke into my car and stole all my cd so unfortunately don't have the cd anymore but at least it's on Spotify but I went along to the gig and because it was at billboards where I'd be where we'd been before I was like Mm. right I know exactly where I'm gonna stand for anyone listening who's been to billboards there's like The steps down to the next level that are right next to the sound booth, that's my spot. That's my spot at Billboards. And I was standing (laughs) there. And it was a really great live show. Remy was the support act and he was really cool as well. And he does a song with Seth, so they did that together. But there was this moment in Seth's set where he said, you know, turn to the person next to you and say hi (laughs) and ask them how they're going. And the person to my right in the sound booth was Seth Sentry's mum. Oh! that's right yeah and she was really lovely so not yeah. only was it a great live show but i got to meet seth century's mum, and it was really really fun and yeah it was the first time that i because often like when we go to these shows together like it's as much about sharing the experience together as it is about the music but when you go by yourself it's kind of you really do just kind of you know fall into that moment with the music and it was an album that i'd love so it was really cool to kind of have have that experience
0: yeah well I remember you sort of you really made the decision last second like you bought the ticket or yeah. like you were sort of tossing up whether to go and I was like you know it's so liberating going to a show by yourself I mean I've been to so many shows yeah I don't think there's any on my list that I went by myself to because like you said it's the memories that you make with people that are sort of that make those shows memorable yeah but yeah, and I imagine that it would have been so much fun. I, I always loved going to shows by myself and just and just enjoying being there and not having to worry about anyone else. Yeah, except yourself. And also, you know, like you said, we had been to billboards, and I knew where you were. Yeah, I was available. <laughs> it
1: was very um, living, you, yeah, yeah. It was very much like a very well organized. Like I I'm a planner, so I I was yeah, very exactly. comfortable going into it. Um, and it yeah. was it was really really fun.
0: Oh good, yeah, I'm so glad you went. Yeah, my fourth pick is um a pretty a pretty obvious one for me. It's the main <laughs> who are arguably equal faves um, with all time low. Mm-hmm. It was hard to pick again. I've seen the main seven times I think now. Oh, my God, that's so um, many I times. Know. And so it was hard to pick one, but I I just really. This will be one of the shows that I remember, I hope, for the rest of my life, given my memory, who knows? (laughs) Um, But it was The Lovely Little Lonely Era. Yeah. That was the album that was out. And it was at Fowler's Live in Adelaide in 2018. I sort of talked about in the teen soundtracks episode where uh, my best friend Jenna and I, we alternate um, seeing the main, always make it a, a point of seeing them when they come here. Um, and it was my turn (laughs) I was living back home (laughs) at the time and I had just got my car it was my first ever road trip in my little car Duke and I got in there and I drove to Adelaide to go visit her and to go see the main you know we went out beforehand had a beer and it was just so nice to hang out with her yeah it's and just chill.
1: It's so much fun like that build up to gigs because I've had like I mean you and I do it but also when Georgie and I go to gigs together we yes. kind of we do have like especially if we've traveled somewhere for it you have that little like mm. jam session in the hotel room yes. beforehand like oh. building up to it and, like listening it's to the so songs nice. and yeah. it's so much fun and even like for us now because we're grandmas even if we don't show up until <laughs> after the support acts are done yeah. it's still really fun because you do have you know that period of time where you have dinner or get a beer or whatever and you Catch up with someone and yeah. it's really that, that bonding thing as well as yeah, the bonus night out. of getting to see your favourite bands. And then as well... The post-show euphoria (laughs) is, is like, the best part part where, like, we, you know, you're roaming the streets, like, usually for us, we're walking back from Festival Hall (laughs) to Southern Cross Station, probably, (laughs) and we're just, like, you're just so, like, the adrenaline is so there, and you're like, oh, my God, I loved it when they did this, or when so-and-so said that, and it was really funny, and then you get home, and you can't sleep, and it's just... So exciting, and even like I, yeah, it's just so much fun. It's the oh, best it feeling, is. and I miss it so, so nice. much. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. Oh no, it's really. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get depressing. <laughs> real.
0: Yeah, but I just, I really loved. Uh, Water Park supported them on this tour as well, and they've become sort of unexpectedly one of my more recent favorite bands. <laughs> it was weird seeing them in that environment because Bowlers yeah. is kind of little, like it was sort of similarish to maybe billboards but it was it was a tiny little gig very intimate there was a lot of people there that didn't even know who they were yeah it was such a weird thing yeah but we had we jammed out Jenna is like one of my favorite people to go to gigs with because we've only really gone to the main together yeah but she jams so hard just like me yeah and so it's really nice to, to sort of share that with her and it it was, again, like, inspiration. I mean, I got the opening of the Lovely Little Lonely album tattooed on me this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's such an important album for me, and, and to sort of have that associated with it is really is really great and just, yeah, nice to reminisce. Yeah. With your
1: besties. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's
0: my fourth. What is your next pick?
1: Yes. Well, I've actually gone for, I always, like, when we go to Festival Hall, I always complain about hating it as a venue, but I've seen so many great shows there. So Yeah, all in- right. Well. RIP I mean, we might be able to go. No. It might just have to be uh, for a slightly more biblical performance than what we're used to. For anyone listening, uh, this week we found out that the Hillsong Church has purchased Festival Hall. It was previously just going to be knocked down, so I don't know if it's good that it's not being knocked down no. but I don't burn know. it to the ground it's the whole so. thing but in 2017 you and I and your dear friend Sarah our dear friend Sarah I feel like Sarah and Woo! I are friends we've been to gigs oh, together
0: we're the gigging crew she's
1: a great I love going to gigs with Sarah it's yeah, um me too. it's a really good fun time so for this yeah. one we saw panic at the disco at festival hall it was like the death of a bachelor era it oh, was so, so good. good we lined up for like nine hours it was also i've talked about how i don't like mosh pits this was the first and only time i like tried being in the crowd it was really strange so they let us in they made us sit down in like rows so then of course when the lights went down and the band came on everyone stood up and surged and i remember like sarah very much because she could sense how anxious i was was like hold on to me so i'm like (laughs) like got a death grip on sarah and you must have been on the the other side she's she's a real anchor which i really my heart goes out because it was i needed that and I, i reckon i lasted all of like maybe half a song before I bailed (laughs) and was like, I'm going to the back. I'll see you guys later. And you joined me a couple of songs later. But it was really like a real panic to a really tight live show. So they have like transition music between songs. And like they had, as we've said before, like I love a live like horn section and they had like additional people on the stage that really makes it kind of a great, like performance spectacle as well as being a really cool live show totally one piece of feedback though um if panic at the disco oh, happened to be listening this is, this is
0: iconic if you're gonna talk about the streamer
1: yes this is so like dude. If, oh. if you're going to have streamers or confetti at your show please have yeah. confetti we were standing at the back and we were we were just having a great time it must have been right before the end. It must have been on the final yeah. song. So it must have been I Write Sins, I'd say, probably. Was that the last song on the set list? Oh, no, they do that earlier, uh, I think Yeah, so it was Victorious Um, was the last song. Yeah, probably. We're standing there. We're grooving. Like, we all love a bit of a dance and a bit of a rock out at a gig, which is why I like to stand at the back so we've got ample space. But we're standing there, and these streamers start <laughs> oh. shooting out from the stage. And at first I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, gold streamers, that's going to look really... Really cool. Who we were
0: like, I was arms wide. Like, yeah, I'm ready to I was like, receive these wonderful streamers. Let's go.
1: Turns out, even though we were standing at the back, by the time they hit us, they were still half unrolled. Yeah. And we all came away with like bruises oh. because we some, just got whacked in the even chest. even unfurled. Like, Which it was, was basically- literally a rock hitting us. And we couldn't do anything because oh. it was just like so overwhelming. So... it was a great live show except for the bit where we got attacked with the streamers that's my only bit of feedback
0: Um, and it has
1: traumatised me so whenever there's anything when we're at festival or whatever and whenever there's a sign of anything being shot anywhere I'm just like we're bailing like we're totally like crouching down like fetal position like it's a whole thing but besides that that, it was great
0: (laughs) it was an incredible show we've got some ripper photos from that show both of us took a photo and it's rare that we have any good photos from gigs like that but yeah um the streamers were an amazing aesthetic um yes. but violent in their delivery logistically
1: challenging i would yeah. say I it's would probably say. the most memorable part of the show honestly <laughs> that and the, surge, the trauma but, yeah both traumatic
0: yeah such a great yeah such a great show they like you said it is a tight live show they don't do a lot of stuffing around it all like
1: no, no. i do love the bands at a this is show. the thing. I think banter is a huge part of stage presence. Like I think we, so too. like, and that's the thing. Like when you go to an All Time Low show as well, one of my favorite parts was watching the setup because oh, yeah. All Time Low had the same crew for years. So I'd be like, yeah. "Hey, there's Greco, there's Danny Curley. like you yeah, know exactly. everyone, like or you feel like you know them, and there's that familiarity, yeah. but the banter as well on stage." is something that's really important. And we've been to artists that haven't had that, And even though yeah. musically they were great because the banter wasn't there. Like, asking me how I'm feeling and then two songs later asking me if I'm still with you out there is not banter. <laughs> even if you're a solo exactly. artist. Like, I've been to, like, you know, Niall and Harry. Like, they're yeah. solo artists, but they have bands on stage and they have really great banter with their bands, yeah. even though they're the main act. So I think, you know... Well,
0: if Shania Twain can have bands, yeah. Then- Panic should too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, as big of an artist as, you know, I Twain, she still got involved and was talking to the audience, you know, so yeah. I don't know. I, I But, you know, they make up for it in their musicality and yeah. that show goes off. Definitely. Yeah, well, that kind of sort of segues into my next one and my last of my top five, which was Bring Me The Horizon and You meet 6. Now, it was a Bring Me The Horizon headliner at Rod Waver yeah. Arena, which... To Sarah and I, I went with our, our good friend, Sarah. Yeah. I mean, she's just getting shout outs. I've gone to so many shows with Sarah. Absolute ledge love going to gigs with her.
1: Uh, also, can I just, oh, before you yeah. get onto your, another shout out to Sarah is mm-hmm. when we were in the line for Panic! at the Disco the yeah. single handedly best takedown oh, yes. of someone oh, who was trying to cut in line like yes. round of applause for sarah oh, because yeah. like i hate confrontation but oh, she, she was not letting yeah. anyone cut in front of us no. and it was it was beautiful to witness it was to that be awkward honest.
0: gap yeah. like walkway gap and you've yeah. got to overcome that
1: and she, she you know witch. she was looking out for us and it was it was great to watch so, <laughs> so shout out me. to you sarah yeah we absolutely. love
0: you gee, <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I went to this, yeah, Bring With Horizon show with her. And yeah, for us to go see a band that I don't know how many times, oh, she'd definitely seen them before this. But like I said earlier, I saw them at the Hi-Fi, mm-hmm. t- like tiny venue, really. I'd seen them at Festival Hall. Yeah. And then to see them progress. To Rod Laver Arena, it was kind of wild, and it was fitting because the era was the album was Ammo, but yeah. it was this whole show. It was incredible, and then they decided to bring You meet Six out with them, which can't even explain like, how excited <laughs> I was when I saw that because they had supported them, I think, in the UK, mm-hmm. and then for them to bring them out to Oz, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, we're not gonna get a headliner, you meet at six tour, but yeah. you can't you can't complain. Like, you can't be picky. No, especially these days where we don't get a lot of great oh, I mean the bands that support bands are great. But there's not really the same thing of like, oh I know every single band on this bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. that anymore. The fact that they were touring together was awesome. But you know, you meet at six don't think that they've really been on a stage like that, especially in Australia. I mean, they've been here so many times. I've seen yeah. them several times. Actually, I wrote down it's Seven. You know, and they're there performing in front of a, a predominantly, well, I mean, Bring Me the Horizon have sort of changed musically over time. But yeah. But it's the heaviest stuff. Yeah. And to see Josh Franceschi up on that stage and totally own it yeah. was like one of those proud moments of like, I've seen you play to like 40 people at Soundwave 10 years ago. And here we are. Yeah, you're playing to, you know, thousands of people in Rod Laver Arena. So it was it was incredible. Um, Kira was there, Sarah's friend as well, and she was she was great as well to to sort of experience that with her. Also, like I said, Bring Me kind of had this awesome like military, dystopian sort of vibe to it. They had these like guys with these smoke guns that came out like military uniforms, and like the album Ammo is, I mean, this next. Bring Me album is probably going to be my favourite of all time, but Ammo was such a great album and they played pretty much everything off it. Um, Plus they did like a a medley of their deathcore era that they were sort of, again peer pressured into. They usually do this medley over in the UK and I don't think that they'd planned to do it, but someone in the crowd had a sign up which was like, please do the deathcore medley, which was like (laughs) Diamonds Are Forever. Like all these old songs. Poor Ollie Sykes, almost uh, almost dislodged his throat doing it because oh, they
1: just God. he just doesn't
0: sing like that <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, he's,
1: he's really, like, yeah, he's, the way he actually, like, the technicality in yeah. how he sings has it's changed just, so much. You've got to yeah. prepare for
0: that. But my highlight from it was during You Meet Six set um, back in the day, one of the best collaborations of all time, You Meet Six did a song with Ollie Sykes called Bite My Tongue and yes. Ollie came out and sang it with Josh and to say we went off uh-uh, <laughs> would be an understatement. It was one of the most exciting moments in a live show, I think, that I can remember. Um, and that was only last year. So it's definitely that feeling of, I want gigs back. That was um, only last year. What? Time yeah. is fake.
1: Time is a lie.
0: It was like early, it was April last year, I believe. Oh,
1: gosh. I yeah. know. That's wild. Um,
0: but I remember reeling from it and just thinking, this is
1: amazing. I love shows. <laughs> yeah. So take me back. <laughs> yeah, take me back indeed. Well, the next one on my list is actually the only gig I've been to in 2020, which mm. I snuck in just after New Year's. It was, I think it was like the third or fourth of January. Um, yeah. My dear friend Beck, shout out Beck. She has been a bit of a guardian angel when it comes to concerts. She has bought five sauce tickets for us when we've both been busy and couldn't be able to, couldn't get to do it. I think Thank she did. Beck. You know, uh, she's a real fairy godmother when it comes to gigs. So finally, mm. uh, Beck was supposed to come to Sean Mendes with us in October of last year, but there was a scheduling conflict, so she wasn't able to come. And she and I love all of the same bands and artists, but we'd never actually been to a gig together until yeah. earlier in this year, where we trotted along to my favorite venue, <laughs> Festival Hall.
0: You've got Festival Hall on heaps of these. So I know. Funny. And it was I like, know.
1: it was because whenever it's like vaguely warm outside, it's like the oh. depths of heaven inside festival hall it was so hot depths of hell so hot Amazing. <laughs> um, but we trotted along to festival hall to see the scottish beyonce himself <laughs> lewis capaldi so it was kind of one of those things where it's like listening to lewis's album it's it's very it's very adele like it's very much like a heartbroken like ballads like it's beautiful and his vocals and you know, the instrumentals and stuff are amazing, but it's like, it's mm. a pretty, like, depressing album. Like, it's yeah. a lot of ballads. It's pretty much all ballads, except for one vaguely fast song, which Lewis was like, even though this is fast, it's still sad. Don't forget that. <laughs> Going to his live show was effectively, Beck didn't, Beck and I didn't realize we were getting a two for one, but it was essentially a stand up comedy gig <laughs> as well as a live show, because in between each song, the jokes and the tangents that this man yeah. goes on were just like... It was so funny. So he opened... So we're standing there. The the support actor just finished... The lights went down and Angels by Robbie Williams came over the speaker system and when Angels comes on, everyone sings it, right? And I'm, and I'm thinking yeah. like, oh yeah, this, you know, sets the vibe, like sad boy hours, like Lewis is going to come on and sing about his heartbreak and then it transitions and there's like smoke machines and disco like strobe lights and Ecstasy from Summer Heights High <laughs> starts playing, which Ooh. everyone loses their mind to because pretty much everyone at the gig was. Kind kind of like our age. So obviously Summer Heights High is a show that we watched a lot and that song and the character of Mr G is kind of iconic. We're all like screaming out this song as the band come on stage and then the music cuts and he launches into, you know, whatever song he launched into and Beck and I are just like looking at each other like, are we hallucinating right now? Like it felt like a fever dream, but it was so... I think as well that's why he's such a good life performer because he recognises that his songs are so depressing that he lifts the mood with the comedy and like it comes really easy to him as well which was which was really fun and it was, it was just so funny and you just didn't know what he was going to come out with next like I think, I think the next night or whatever because he was in town for Falls Festival was why right. he was playing this show as well and obviously at the time and even now like Lewis Capaldi is one of the most successful acts of the last 12 months I would say yeah. in terms of success of his music so it felt really cool to be sort of seeing him festival hall before a lot of people knew who he was kind of thing it was yeah it was like the next night in sydney he got like a girl up on stage to sing with him which was really cool cool. um my only again i have some feedback um so we've talked about before at gigs and especially at festival hall the surge that happens when the when the act when the main act especially comes on i Mm. i don't want any part of that i want to stand up the back i want to have plenty of space at lewis Beck and I were standing in our usual spot but no one surged. No one surges (laughs) at a Lewis Capaldi show because it's it's all sad song and I was like, why are all these people standing with me? And not only was it lots of people, a lot of the gigs that you and I go to Together yeah. is mostly is a is a female dominated audience, which again, like usually, there's a surge that happens. We have plenty of space, but also there's not a lot of dudes there because it's just you know not. Well, it depends. Like at all time uh, a lot of
0: the shows that we, we yeah that I've gone to with you, yeah, it's predominantly yeah, tra-
1: female. predominantly female audience
0: and our height and our height.
1: <laughs> My so not only did they not surge, but there were so many couples, <laughs> oh. which at first I was like, why are you like as a couple coming to watch? A show that's about heartbreak, but that's, I think that's another issue. But they were just, they were standing in my way and they were (laughs) acting all coupley, and there were so many of them, and I was just like, this is not what I signed up for. But it wasn't, you know, it was all right. We managed to uh, sort of elbow our way into a spot where we could see, but there was definitely a few people that Beck and I were like, What are you? What's going on here? But it was really fun for Beck and I to go to our first ever gig together. Yeah. uh, To be back at Festival Hall, which might have been my last ever gig at Festival Hall now that Hillsong own it. I don't know. What a way to go out with Lewis. But that's the last one in my top five. Nice. Have you got a couple of honourable mentions? I do.
0: I have a few. I'll keep it brief. (laughs) Um, But I couldn't talk about live shows without talking about one of... The biggest bands I think I've ever seen in my life, which is ACDC in 2015 yes. at Eddie Had. Oh no, it would have been Eddie Had still, Marvel Stadium now. But oh it's, yes. It's a stadium. <laughs> um, <laughs> for anyone wondering. You know, seeing a band like ACDC, as iconic as they are, it was just it was so incredible to see them with my parents. My parents came down and my brother Sean came down for it and we all had matching ACDC shirts and we had really great seats for it I know it's so cute um we had really good seats for it and you know the stage that was set up with the big the cannon and the hell's bells and we've decided because there's a new album coming out we're definitely going if they Mm -hmm. come back and do a tour um, and we're moshing. We've all agreed.
1: We're moshing. we <laughs> have made a pact? A family we're like pact?
0: This. Yeah, we made a pact. Because there's so much space. I don't think that ACDC is a surging type either. Yeah. Like, there's a mosh for sure. But it's like, it's pretty chill. So can't wait to see them again. Um, the second honourable... Bet- honorable mention that I have is the Amity Affliction. Um, in 2011, yep. they did a headlining show at Billboards, Amazing. and it was my first ever show with my brother. He was 15, and we were all in Melbourne for the footy, yep. predominantly, but we got tickets to go see Amity, and um, the mosh for that was crazy. Like It was the first ever show he'd been to, so it was kind of eye-opening for him, and he, we talk about it all the time. It's like one of our favorite uh memories um and it was great because it, it was the second time i'd seen amity but it was at a smaller venue so and they were headlining it was awesome it was the young blood era and um it was such a great experience for sean that he decided the next year i'd moved off to melbourne for uni yeah. but as i moved parkway drive we're doing a regional tour in our hometown
1: Amazing. and he went and
0: he moshed and i was so proud of him <laughs> And lastly, I'm going to sneak another one in, which was State Champs, <laughs> yeah. um, who are an American pop-punk band. I saw them twice within one year with Sarah, again, um, yeah. and I think seeing a band like State Champs, who were sort of evolving from like their first album at the Evelyn Hotel, which is just in the suburbs of Melbourne, which was like a 300-capacity venue, I think, um, really tiny show, and that yeah. was actually when they were... Um, out here supporting Five Seconds of Summer. You know, they had their sort of core group of fans, but there wasn't many people there. And then the next year, seeing them co-headline Corner Hotel, which is in Richmond here in Melbourne, um, for Around the World and Back, yeah, that was within a year. And then to see them at like an 800 capacity show, like it was just so cool. It's always good to see bands that you're kind of obsessed with. It just all sort of worked out that we were at the peak of our interests of state champs. And so to share that with Sarah was really great and definitely memorable for me. But... Do you
1: have some honourable mentions as well? I do have some honourable mentions. So, my honourable mentions, we talked about it at length last week, so I won't go into too much detail. But Five Sauces' Melbourne show at Festival Hall for the Meet You There tour was. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite shows, I think, I've spoken about this, I've mentioned it many times before, but going to gigs with you especially is, like, one of my favorite things, because there's no one I know that loves a gig more (laughs) than you. Actually, a highlight of it, I know we've talked about Babylon, we talked about Youngblood, but Jet Mm. Black Heart, those harmonies that happen, you know I I love a harmony there's nothing there's not many things I love more in music than a harmony but those it's literally and it's 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 a hurricane of harmonies that happens in the (laughs) chorus when everyone comes in and I just it's one of those moments that I do like I vividly remember in my mind because you feel it like you feel the not only do you feel you know like the vibrations of the music and stuff but you just like it not to be cheesy but it like really lights Mm. that fire in your soul when you get to hear like the albums that you've listened to for years and the bands that you've loved and they're standing in front of you and you're in a room full of people that are having the exact same like epiphany moment that you're having (laughs) was why it's one of my honorable mentions and then for my second honorable mention it was really hard to choose I was gonna go for Shawn Mendes who we saw last October at Rod Laver Arena with uh you and also my sister and my friend Georgie. Yeah. It was a great live show but talking about the banter. The banter oh. wasn't really there for. No. It was like musically it was a really good show plus we had those cool wristbands like what Coldplay had so that was fun. Oh yeah, that's right. Dan and Shay is the support act. Yeah,
0: that's why this has to be on the honorable
1: mentions <laughs> list. Yeah. So Dan and Shay. Sorry oh. Sean Mendez if you're listening but Dan and Shay. Oh my god. So good. I was aware of them i'd listened to them before the rest of you the the other three i was there with were a bit confused that shay that both dan and shay were guys but they were really great i know we've said like a lot of the time we don't always go for support acts because we're old and we can't stand up for that long But this was a seated gig, so we decided to go along. We
0: we kind of made it just in time. Yeah,
1: they just started as we got in there. And they, like, again, harmonies, like, banter on stage, so good, so funny, musically amazing. So I think that's probably why they're my honourable mention. But then my other honourable mention has to go to Niall Horan's, who I saw... Mm. In Sydney in 2018 with Georgie. So it was his first solo tour. Again, he's, you know, solo artist, but Nahoran, when you see him live, he has like a seven-piece band who are like pretty sure they're all Irish as well. Like one of them's like a violin player. Like It's just such a good, like fun. It's like you're at a pub gig. really but you're in an arena and he does some really cool stuff where he gets the crowd to be completely silent and he does you know so many bangers so many sad songs at the start he was like hope you're ready to cry with me for the next hour and (laughs) a half so he's self-aware which is fun yeah um i know beck went to his uh show in melbourne as well and she actually did a meet and greet which is kind of fun but Mm. it was one of those shows that was Really, like, easygoing to go to, like, even because with the hysteria of One Direction, going to One Direction shows is often really overwhelming. But going to a Niall show is just so, like, calming. Like, you still have screaming fans because you have screaming fans at every gig. But Niall, with all of his, you know, Irish humor and kind of the vibes was very, very chill. And it was it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, and his next this new album that he's come out with you know that Heartbreak Weather is going to yeah. be incredible yeah we should I definitely so want to we it, should definitely we go we should go
1: because I know you're a yeah. Nile, you're a Nile girl yeah. at heart so. I'm a Nile
0: girl forever
1: it's, yeah I'm always up for a,
0: always up for a show and as I've, has been proven yes <laughs> and I feel like
1: after this year especially any tour that comes up that we want to go to <laughs> yeah. we'll probably be going to if we have the means I mean it yeah. is you know it is a privilege and we are very lucky to have been able to go to so many gigs I know not every mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. is able to. So, but I think, yeah. you know, after this year and The whole pandemic and not being able to gather in large groups and have live music has been, you know, it's really affected us. And even, you know, someone like me who only goes to maybe one or two gigs a year, it it really gives you something to look forward to. So For sure. You can't take it for granted. Definitely can't take it for granted. And who knows what it's going to look like in the future. Hopefully we are back at a gig soon, even if it's just like in a pub beer garden with a random person we've never heard of. That's Which I think is is permitted now um, that Victoria is opening up. so hopefully that's a positive sign. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. If you want to head over to our Instagram at shadow old me, I think we'll probably, pop up a little shareable where you can tell us what your favorite ever live shows were
0: yeah that'd be really cool to hear hear about some of the shows you guys have been to
1: yeah otherwise if you want you can leave us a voice message over on our anchor page which is anchor.fm forward slash shout out to the old me um or you can email us at shout old me podcast at gmail.com make sure to share the podcast if you'd enjoyed it i think On Spotify, you can follow us. On Apple Music, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us or all of those fun things. And we'll be back again next week talking some more about something that we love. Yes, can't wait. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.